following program may contain traces of irony, sarcasm, satire, parody, mockery, banter, caricature, and nuts. The opinions expressed are almost certainly not shared by self-appointed officious dictatorial wowsers. If you are dangerously irony deficient or allergic to mockery of the self-important and corrupt, then get a life. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Environmental As Anything, where we stand up for all life on our Mother Earth. The only planet in the known universe with life on it. So very precious, not just to us, but, well, to everybody else in the universe for that matter. Anyway, um, the promise of the show is that we will uh, deliver as much of the news, interviews and analysis that we can in the short time that we have together every week. So uh, thank you for choosing to spend your time with me today. It's great to have your company. But I should say I am here on stolen land where I live, work and play in the Bunjalung Nation uh, with the people of the Widjibal Wyabal uh, lands and I would say thank you to them for their hospitality, for their forbearance and I'm sorry for the mess that we have made and that has been caused here by uh, by the invasion of their country and the theft of it and uh, we are, well at least I am uh, committed to doing all I can to try to correct uh, that and I'm sure that those of you listening are all with me on that. So, uh, respects to elders, past, present and emerging, and hopes for a better future together. So, uh, we have obviously always, if uh, regular listeners to the show will know that every week is a big week here on Environmental as Anything, and uh, this is no exception. This week, I am looking forward to a, a range of guests who are going to join me live uh, via phone and in the studio and uh, we've had a big week uh, this week for, uh, for environmental action here in Lismore with uh, our uh, f- uh, very uh, courageous forest protector MJ uh, going to court and being, tr- being charged, having been charged with the offence of having uh, stopped the death machines in Kamira uh, State Forest and uh, putting a brief halt a brief pause on the ecocide being done in our public native forests by the New South Wales government, and uh, for that uh, what, uh, that that offence, she was she was charged, uh, and uh, and took uh, this week in court uh, had all charges dismissed. A marvellous outcome for everybody who wants to defend our public native forests from uh, the smash and grab raid by the uh, the vandals who are destroying our forests. And so that was good news. And so we'll have MJ on the line uh, soon and also uh, solicitor Eddie Lloyd, who will be no stranger to regular listeners to the show. And she'll be talking to us about the legal avenues that were... Um, successful in that case and the the the, uh, the arguments that she mounted which were uh, were accepted by the uh, the magistrate in the Lismore courthouse just on Thursday so fresh off fresh news uh, for uh, for the start of the show also I'll be speaking to another local who I've been wanting to get on the show for quite a while and uh, that's uh, Trevor Ackfield and Trevor is uh, a South Lismore resident and survivor of the recent climate emergency floods here in Lismore and uh, also part of a group developing policy ring flood and housing um, who is uh, uh, you know we want to talk to us about uh, the the current situation here in Lismore regarding flood policy and uh, uh, you know how the, the the connection between the flood and the climate emergency uh, and uh, the what is going on uh, between the within the the local council and uh, the New South Wales government uh, agency Agencies and the federal government, etc. Uh, what kind of uh, successes? What kind of failures? Uh, uh, so we'll be looking forward to hearing from Trevor. He's a, an excellent uh, voice uh, to be heard. Uh, a local local man standing up for uh, the uh, the community and against the uh, the dis- devastating uh, floods, etc. The Emperor's New Clothes, uh, that was by Sinead O'Connor. And, uh, of course, a great track and, uh, you know, Vale Sinead. And, uh, you know, we shan't regret the passing of uh, Rupert Murdoch uh, from the... uh, 
from the News Corp's uh, empire. Uh, that's, uh, but uh, he is gone, so we're doing a theme, an emperor-themed show today. So the emperor's new clothes leading off there. Now, very happy to have uh, on the line and with me in the studio two of the heroes of the uh, of the the day from this week in Lismore Court, where uh, our forests were uh, were on trial. Really, uh, forest protector MJ, uh, who has is uh, a, a degree in uh, in ecological sciences and uh, has a long standing commitment to protecting our environment through. Uh, regenerating uh, damaged ecosystems uh, was on trial for her uh, uh, her actions in trying to protect our forests our, uh, in Kamara State Forest in this particular instance and uh, and Eddie Lloyd who is a local solicitor and former Lismore City Councillor and, and well known to uh, listen, regular listeners to this show as being somebody who is uh, who's fighting the good fight um, constantly, and uh, so the two of them were there in court to uh, to try to defend uh, that action against uh, uh, MJ, and had success. They had all charges dismissed. So I'm very pleased to have both of them here with me uh, to speak today about. Uh, that so MJ is on the line and Eddie is with me here in the studio and uh, MJ thank you we'll start with you shall we start uh, thank you for joining environmental as anything today awesome thanks for having me Sean no no problems I uh, really appreciate uh, you being here but uh, the um it's 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 been a big week for you and uh, sorry I think we've had a little bit of a glitch where you might not have been able to hear me for a bit but I've pressed the buttons and now you're on so um, yep. yeah look big week for you I was wanting to go back to what started it all for you that that day in Kamara when you locked onto the death machine and you 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 put a put a pause on the eco side going on there what what was that all about for you? Why did you? Why did? How did you end up doing that? And 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 why? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just had this um, kind of urge, and like I don't know, I was drawn to go to the forest that day. Uh, I had exhausted all avenues of trying to get our government to take some urgent and much-needed action on native forest logging. And so I've been protesting, been to rallies, been marches, lobbying politicians. I joined the Greens political party and over many years still didn't see the type of action that we need to halt the destruction and species extinction. So I thought... Where in where are the lucky ones in a time where we can still make positive change and thought civil disobedience is now the action that I need to take mm. and where I was at at that point in time I got on to the lovely people in Lismore <laughs> and yeah we um made a plan to go down to Kamara. Yeah, and it was um, it was a, a, a an interesting day. I was there on the day, so I was you know we, we've talked about this on air before um, at some length, so we won't go into all of the details of that. But then you did lock on to the the the, uh, the logging machinery and stop work for uh, several hours. Um, we uh, what happened then? What was you what was your experience like once you had been um, uh, Taken off that machinery, and and to and up to the point where you've uh, you came to court on Thursday. What was what were the steps that you had to go through, and how was that for you? Yeah. So after I was taken off the machine, the police put me in the back of the police car, and I just still remember vividly driving off, um, facing the forest, and just looking at the loggers. Started work immediately while I was still in there as well, mm. which was pretty confronting. And, yeah, I just looked back at the forest and thought those trees are going to be lost, which was devastating. 
And then, so I was in the watch house for about four hours while they processed me and gave me bail, which the conditions were I was not allowed back into Kamara State Forest. And they did try to tell me I wasn't allowed into any forest, but I work in the forest, so <laughs> I had to call them out on that one. Mm. And, yeah, and then I was out on bail until the court date, which was, yeah, this last Thursday, or this Thursday. So, yeah, then we just waited and I talked with Eddie over those weeks and gathered some references and information that Eddie would need in court for our case. And, yeah, that, that, was, that was it, a waiting game. Yeah, right. So you know, it sounds from the way you tell the story that it, was, um, it wasn't it was the most pleasant thing in your life. But again, again, it wasn't, uh, you know, uh, terrifying or, 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 or damaging to you. It sounds like you came through the experience with flying colours. Yeah, yeah. Um, fortunately, in the, yeah, in the watch house, it was fairly straightforward for me just waiting in there. And, you know, I acknowledge my privilege of being a white woman being able to do something like that. Um, other people, it is a much more serious and can be, yeah, a dangerous thing to do going into the police lockup. Mm. Yeah. True. So for me, yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad, especially for the outcome of it's not much considering the destruction of the planet. So. <laughs> yeah, right. You've got to keep these things in context, don't we? And then, of course, yeah, you got there on Thursday and, um, and the, outside the court beforehand, there was a, it was a bit of a gathering. How did you feel about the, 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 the crowd that came and helped support you on the day? Yeah, the support from everyone has been super overwhelming and I appreciate everybody so much, especially down there in Lismore. You guys have such an awesome crew of people who are just, yeah, keen to take action and support everybody in every way. So it was really great to rock up to the courthouse to people out the front with banners and hugs and cheering and um, all the support you could ask for going into into that situation. So, yeah, super appreciative and shout out to everyone if anyone's listening. Like, yeah, you're all amazing. Yeah, they were amazing, weren't they? It was it was a great yeah. vibe there at the courthouse, and hopefully I'll be able to play a bit of that later on in the show. But uh, we've got um, uh, you know people singing and chanting and and uh, you know making positive uh, speeches, etc. So um, I think uh, then we had to wait around. It was like it's a lot of hurry up and wait, isn't there, with the court action? And you, you <laughs> sort of have to sit around twiddling your thumbs in the air-conditioned comfort in the foyer and, uh, uh, and uh, people came and went. And then I might throw to you, Eddie, now, if you don't mind, because uh, we haven't introduced you to the conversation. This is Eddie Lloyd, uh, who was acting as MJ's solicitor on the day. Um, you actually went into bat with the uh, the court processes. You were the one who was running that procedure and you ran an argument which ultimately persuaded the magistrate, whose name eludes me, I don't even know. But Cro Crofts, Magistrate Crofts. Magistrate Crofts was presiding and uh, you spoke uh, to Magistrate Crofts. So what was... What was your case? What was the argument that you mounted for uh, for it, for uh, for MJ? Well, it felt like I was in the grand final of a Wimbledon tennis <laughs> tennis championship, actually, because um, we just batted <laughs> forth, back and forth, back and forth, myself and the magistrate. Prosecutor didn't say a word um, the entire time. So, look, we went in with a mission. Um, the mission was unrealistic, but it was the you always have to shoot for the stars. Um, and our mission was to um, make an application for her matters to be dealt with under Section 10, um, uh, 1, small a of the Sentencing Act, which is an outright dismissal mm -hmm. and no conviction, obviously, with that. And I had clearly advised everyone it just doesn't happen um, for three sequences. I managed to get the cherry tree protesters off. They had one sequence, I think, each of failing to leave a forest when authorised to. Um, and that was a huge day down at Kyogre Court in front of a different magistrate. I had to just beg almost on my knees to get Section 10 dismissals. <laughs> so you can imagine 
what yesterday was like, the first thing the mag- I said to the magistrate was, let's cut to the chase. I'm asking for this. I'm asking for them to be completely dismissed. And mm. she said, let me cut to the chase. I've read all the material. We handed out hundreds of pages of material. Uh, and she said, uh, let me cut to the chase. I'm thinking of a conditional release order with no conviction. And that sounds like a very reasonable, um, you know, response from a magistrate. And that is what they're continually doing in these cases, you know. And that's a waste of everybody's time because no one's getting convictions recorded. But I'm getting a little bit tired of these good behaviour bonds given to people who have been of exemplary behaviour, indeed. And why should MJ have a bond hanging over her head when everyone in the community and all the scientists and all the experts... And three quarters of Labor voters all agree that we need to end native forest logging and she is the brave person putting herself in between the death machine and the trees protecting them themselves. Mm. So, you know, it was a very difficult battle because Her Honour just kept interrupting and cutting me off and she just kept trying to push me to a, on a particular point and I just had to slow the court down because it was the end of the day we were all tired and at one point, I think I said that, I said, Your Honour, it's been a huge day and you're tired, I'm tired, we're all tired, we haven't stopped, we've barely, barely had a break. It was a very busy list. And I just said, but this, there is nothing more important before Your Honour today with, with the utmost respect mm. um, and suggested that she probably hadn't heard the kinds of submissions that I was going to make to her that day because she said at the beginning of the day, oh, yes, Miss Lloyd, I've... I've sentenced people on these matters before and I thought, yeah, I know, you're going to want to sentence her to a CRO, conditional release order bond, without conviction. Mm. So she thought it might be a fast matter. She'll come on, I've read everything, Miss Lloyd, and this is what I'm going to do. But no, 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 I just um, was not going to give up. I mean, I've got to try, you know. I, 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 I just knew we were never going to get dismissals, but mm. I'm not going to not at least try every single possibility I can to persuade her. Mm. She's a good magistrate. She's um, kind and sympathetic. And um, so we just batted forth, back and forth and back and forth. Um, And I think at the end of the day, one of the most compelling points that I made to the the court uh, was to, in a very um, humble way, remind the court um, that there is an expectation and and a long-standing sentencing principle uh, that courts will uh, sentence people um, in accordance with legitimate community standards Mm. and I referred to the Blueprint Institute report which was the economic cost benefit analysis it says it's not a viable industry anymore we referred to the Australian Institute poll that said seven out of ten Australians um, were wanting native forest logging to end I spoke about seven out of ten sorry the 75 percent of Labor voters that wanted native forest logging end and the way I kind of pictured it was I said over there in one corner you have MJ with all of these people, seven out of ten Australians, the citizens outside court here and right around Australia and the world, local, national, federal um, experts, forest experts, I referred to Professor Lindenmeyer, um, all, all standing there and the Bob Brown Foundation, all standing in one corner with MJ and in the other corner there's the government and they're standing alone. Mm. I thought mm. it would be too cheeky to stay with, with the lobbyists and everyone's filling their fat <laughs> pockets up with all the cash. But um, I wanted to say that, MJ, but I didn't. But um, just for you, <laughs> darling. So I wanted to maintain a little bit of cur- courteousness in the courtroom. But sure. it's like, there they are. They're on their own. Mm. And your honour's got a duty. And, and the other very important um, factor that I hadn't brought up in any of these cases again, which I think we need to explore... Um, is the separation of powers doctrine, which is, I can explain very quickly. People learnt it in school maybe and just forgot it straight away. No one, none of us got good civics education. What the separation of powers doctrine is, it's the fundamental tenet of our democracy. And there are three arms to government. There is the legislature who make the laws, the executive who implement the laws and the judiciary who interpret the the laws. Mm. And the reason that they're separate is because they all are supposed to do checks and balances on each other. So no one exceeds their power, okay? So that there's always somewhere to to make that law if it's unjust accountable. Mm. And in this situation, that is where why I highlighted that doctrine because it's never spoken about in court. And if, if that doctrine, um, um, if it doesn't work now, was basically my submission, 
it has no work to do anywhere. Mm. This is the moment yep. because Her Honour had the discretion under that provision to dismiss the charges. Um, and I urged Her Honour to use that discretion because Parliament has given you the independent autonomy to exercise that discretion as part of that separation of powers doctrine, uh, to exercise that discretion. And when you're exercising that discretion, I asked Her Honour to refer to the long-standing principle that... Uh, magistrates and courts must sentence people according to legitimate community expectations and we'd had all the evidence to show that those expectations were there that native forest logging must end so it took a lot out of all of us um it was um but you know big respect to magistrate crofts because she didn't she mj she was stuck in her position she wasn't Mm. budging She wasn't budging, and I just yeah. thought, no. I'm, she kept saying, I've, I've made a decision, a conditional release order with no conviction, Miss Lloyd. So that's like a prize for MJ. And mm. I said, no, Your Honour, a conviction, um, a, you know, a, a, a conviction and a, and a fine is better than a conditional release order with no conviction. And she couldn't get her head around that for some time because mm. no no one goes in and asks for a conviction. You always <laughs> want the no conviction, but not in these cases because there's nothing... What's a conviction going to do? It's not going to stop MJ in her line of work. It won't stop her flying anywhere in the world. Like, let's get real people. Mm. Conviction mm-hmm. and walking away is a much better outcome. So that was my plan B, you know, that if she wasn't going to get the dismissal, no, we did not want a bond. I've still got it on my hand. No bond, and I wrote it in a big thing. No bond, just to keep remembering, to keep pushing that point. No bond. Why should MJ have a bond hanging over her head mm. for 12 months mm. for what she she did that everyone is behind her on and um, maybe we just exhausted her in the end MJ I don't know but um, <laughs> we eventually got there in the end and she finally looked at me and she said I'm with you Miss Lloyd and it was like oh thank goodness for that and wow. um, she dismissed all the matters under section 10 three, three charges so pretty significant case mm. um, we talked about the case you know the Queensland case EH that everyone hands up that yeah, I'm not. I'm not so. Um, it's not the best. My my favourite case at the moment, but we will be getting a new New South Wales president at some point. So um, that will rectify um, the issues that are in that case. Right. Well, I'm not aware of that case, but it sounds like uh, hundreds of pages of documents and staunchly sticking, honouring with the, uh, the, uh, the 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 courage and commitment of your client. Uh, yeah, paid off on the day, and the willingness to say that there is no, there is no cause to give someone who has been of such good behaviour, uh, you know, restraints and restrictions that would come mm. out of a bond. She was the one that was standing, holding the hose, mm. facing the furious flames mm. over the summer bushfires. MJ got a medal for that. Mm. She has not only intimate experience with the destruction caused by a global global warming. But, you know, she is a bush regenerator as well and knows a lot about the importance of keeping carbon in the ground and maintaining biodiversity and, um, you know, averting further biodiversity loss and ecological communities, one that she fought very hard for in one of the national parks that Mm. she was on the front line and lost. But... Um, it was it was pretty emotional at times, and she's she is a good magistrate. So she she did give me you know those moments to say, Your Honour, mm. these are extraordinary times. This is like a boiling planet. Um, you can take judicial notice of that, and what that means is I don't need to hand up any more evidence to Your Honour about what's going on in the in the world. That she's not a climate change science denier. No, of so. Not. I said, you know, here we are, 35 degrees. That's why I've handed record, that up, Your Honour. Record-breaking record in day. 21 years, haven't yeah. had a heat like that. Mm. And here we are. The other irony is here we are in Casino Court in Lismore yeah. because Casino got smashed in the floods and still hasn't been repaired yeah. from climate change. So yeah. there were just ironies everywhere. And so I'm really hoping that other um, lawyers are now going to start really kind of, you know, in exploring these 
sentencing principles of community expectations and handing up that kind of evidence mm. uh, to support um, those Section 10 dismissals in these situations and reminding them of the separation of powers and the power that they have. It does sound like a groundbreaking strategy and thank you for, for giving us such a, such a succinct and clear uh, summary of it. Like, I do want to go back to you, MJ, because, you know, like uh, you were there and, uh, you know, what were your impressions? How did you feel about that process as it was taking, take, you know, what, what, what stuck in your mind about uh, that process? Um, just watching Eddie go for it was amazing. Like, I sort of was trying to keep up with all the jargon, the court jargon and things. And, um, yeah, Eddie, just incredible stuff. And I just remember at the end when um, the magistrate was reading out my, like, what she was going to sentence me for and, I kind of, like, I heard the 10-1-A thing and I was like, oh, that's what Eddie was going for. I was, like, a little bit confused and shocked. I was like, walk as we walked out, I was like, does that mean, that means nothing, right? That means there's nothing. <laughs> and, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it either. <laughs> so, yeah, it was amazing. Oh, that's that's fantastic! It was it was an exciting day for everybody who was engaged, and all of us as we got the news, we're we're elated to hear it uh, for you and for the forests. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there who uh, you know ha are very thankful for your efforts, MJ, and for yours, Eddie. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who may not have expressed it to you directly, but who and her honour, and her honour, Magistrate her Cross yeah. was very clear with her and yeah. said, "You have got some incredible." Um, talents and um, I want you to continue to use those in the campaign to end native forest logging. Oh, and that Magistrate yeah. Croft said this to yep. MJ? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's an interesting quote. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, look, um, is there anything else we haven't covered? Do we need to, uh, we should probably talk about what we want to happen next uh, with all of this. What do we see happening, uh, you know, for the forests in the courts and mm. out now? Well, should we start with you, Eddie? Sure. So I've got another matter coming up, uh, I think the 31st of October up at Grafton, if people want to come up to that. Um, and that is the same conduct um, as MJ and that's with Michael Jones and he... Um, locked onto a harvester in Ellis State Forest, which has been subsequently decimated and obliterated. It's just a horror show out there. He's an ecologist, um, a senior ecologist. He's in his 50s. Um, took, you know, this after it, same as MJ. It's why people are doing it, because no one is listening. Um, and so he locked on it. And in that case, he's pleaded not guilty. Uh, and so we're running the defence that he um, had a, had an excuse for doing it, that he honestly and reasonably believed that what Forestry Corp were doing was unlawful and that belief came from, you know, he was in the forest doing post-logging surveys and measuring trees that were chopped down that breached all of those protocols and, mm. yeah, so we're going to be running that. And then in February next year I've got Kashmir and Valerie in a joint hearing in February and we're running the necessity defence for that. So I think that's, that's the first time that's going to be run, that it was a absolutely was necessary um, that they did that. It's never gotten up, that defence, in these kinds of matters, um, but it's important that we keep pushing them, keep pushing them and find new creative ways um, to use them in court. And, and, and I think it's just so important. People don't talk about separation of powers and all of this stuff mm. in court. I, I'm going to start talking about it. Mm. Like mm. you've got this is mm. this is you're separate. You're you're se the reason. This right now is the reason. Mm. So you can rectify Parliament's bad laws. The whole community turns to the court right now for justice mm. for mm. MJ mm. and justice for our community. Because if they don't, then people start undermining the confidence in the court and things fall apart. And so the whole reason we have the separation of power so they're all independent of each other and they all have that independent autonomy within them and can 
you know, do the ba- balance of checks and balances upon each other mm. when the other gets it wrong. Which is a fundamental principle of all truth-seeking, isn't it, to try to find checks and balances, to, to cross-reference your information against all different sources and to allow for errors in any given system to be corrected by uh, fail-safe devices. That's what the, the, the is essentially mm. going on in that uh, uh, that process of checks and balances mm. of, of separation mm. of power mm. is, is, is a mm. troubleshooting process, mm. isn't it? Mm. Oh, this isn't actually working mm. because... It's about finding the facts and applying them in the yeah. real world with the expectations of the community. That's how and I understand And there's just it. this yeah. real entrenched yeah. culture in the judiciary where here are the laws that I'm going to apply, I'm going to apply the principles strictly to them and that's it. And they just, they don't, they don't, they, that exercise of discretion and autonomy isn't done um, as much as it, as it can and should be. That mm. is for sure. Mm. And what about you, MJ? What do you hope to see for yourself uh, in the future with regard to the forests and others? What would you like to see others doing uh, in in and for the forests? How do you see this panning out? Uh, I think we've just got to keep pushing and keep pushing the Labor government. Uh, ending native forest logging seems like it's getting closer, but we still need to keep the pressure up and... Since the Labor government got in, logging has ramped up and increased, which, like, it's crazy that we elected a government on climate and native forest logging is a highly emitting industry which releases around, like, 3.6 million tonnes of carbon into the atmosphere every single year. So we need to, yeah, whatever you can do, write to MPs, get out there on the front lines and support support wherever you are in the country to, like, even the Indigenous people are on the front lines. We need to support everyone Mm -hmm. in every single way that we can. Well, yes, I think uh, you've uh, got a good grounds for making that call to the community. People are going to pay attention to your voice uh, after the courage that you've uh, shown and the success that you've had in doing so. So thank you for, for all of that. Thank you, guys. No, you're the hero here. MJ, good on you. (laughs) No, everyone's the heroes. (laughs) (laughs) We just need more and more. More More heroes. People helping us, yeah. Keep keep up the fight. Yeah. All right. uh, Will do. Good call. And, uh, look, I think, uh, speaking of good calls, we are going to have to call it um, for time. But um, we'll get you back on as uh, there's new developments in the uh, in the forest uh, fight. And remember what the magistrate said to you, MJ. The world yes. needs you. Yes, the world I know, that was needs very, MJ. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty exciting stuff, actually. That's, I've never had a magistrate yeah. say that quite mm. so directly to mm. me. Mm. <laughs> no, well, <Yeah. laughs> no, no. I'm sure everybody would like to hear that from yeah, the from absolutely. the judge. That's it was great. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, MJ, thank you, and Eddie, thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Always good. Always. Thanks, guys. Until next time, see you soon. Ciao. (laughs) See you guys. Bye. For the forests. All right, that was uh, MJ uh, and Eddie Lloyd uh, speaking on the recent court case in Lismore uh, Courthouse. Uh, in front of uh, Magistrate Crofts and uh, the, uh, the, the, the great outcome for, uh, uh, for, for, for justice, the, the justice that was done for the forests on that day. Look, what we have is Trevor Ackfield, and he's with me today. Uh, for, he's a Lismore Greens member and part of the group who are developing policy, re the flood and housing. He has a social science degree and has worked as a coordinator of several groups, including housing, uh, uh, youth housing uh, groups, and uh, assisting and providing accommodation to young people. So he has considerable expertise in issues to do with housing. He also has considerable expertise and experience as a South Lismore resident and survivor of the recent 
climate emergency floods. So yeah. that's what he's here to talk to us about today uh, is his his process of uh, trying to develop this draft policy and, and what how he sees and, uh, you know, local Lismore people see uh, what is needed for our beautiful town. Trevor, thank you for joining hey, Environmental as Anything. Hello, everybody today. out there. Thank you. At last, I get you uh, in the studio and on the yeah. air. I've been wanting to just do this down the road. I just came down the road just a little bit. Yeah, it's only not so far. Here you go. No, you're in South Lismore too. <laughs> yeah, here we are in South Lismore. So, so you know, I did want to launch into this by talking about your personal experience with uh, the floods and your home as as it's currently stands. If that's okay, ah, sure. Well, you know, like you've you've been through the ringer and come out the other side. Where how's your kitchen looking? How's your, how are your your walls? Look, well, you you know that guys, you and I went and picked up a whole stack of. Of timber, hoop mm. pine, mm-hmm. trailer loads of it, bought it home, denailed it, pulled out all the screws and nuts and bolts and glued up a whole stack, sanded a whole stack. And yesterday, Pedro, people probably know Pedro from from the Channon, um, Pedro and I whacked up the last bit of timber on our wall. So Woo-hoo. we've got we've got we've got this magnificent looking sanded hoop pine up to the picture rail all around our house and it makes it look so good and it makes it feel good, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think I think actually trying to do something that makes you feel good after after that mm. flood is good, you know. And we did so, we even did some little bits of renos here and there, you know, put in a nice glass window with a nice you know, oh, lots of lots of stuff. We You've did. moved your kitchen and you've taken moved the opportunity the to open the house up open a bit the house more. Up. As like a lot of people in Lismore are now seeing the the, the, the crisis as an opportunity to, to to make things to build back better. You, you're an exemplar, I think. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean. The what did you think about the floods? I mean, what, 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 how do you see the floods as, as you know, their causes? Well, the first thing I thought of when I went back in, you know, I mean, we, when we, we left, we were the only person that I know of in our neighbourhood that left. Right. Because we're just near the South Bowls Club. Mm. The South Bowls Club had never had water on it before, mm. right? And it went up to the top of their windows. Mm. And everybody around, like it would only, I mean, we got about 800 mil in the 74 flood, mm. right? So we're, we're a higher part there. So everybody around would just go, well, we'll just wait for the 800 mil to come because it's only turned up twice and then we'll, you know, sit here and we won't have any authorities telling us whether we can come or go or do what we want and have three days before we can come back in, all that stuff. And so they all got rescued in tinnies Mm. And, and we just left the day before, I thought, you know, my wife was sort of saying, "Come on, we're going to get out of here." You know, a bit stronger than what I was, but wise I, woman. in the end, wise I, woman, yeah, yeah, wise woman, and um, you know, I just thought, yeah, well, let's go over our mate's place and we'll have a sleepover and come back in the morning because it probably won't flood. Yeah, she'll be right. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So it came up to almost the picture rail, didn't it? Yeah, it came up about a, a meter and a half inside yeah. our house, but. Like most others, it was higher mm. in South Lismore. Mm. Um, I mean, the first thing I thought of when I got in there, I d- well, in probably just climate change. Yeah, I just went, well, here we are. Mm. You know, we'd o- we'd already had the fire in nineteen. You know, we had the flood in seventeen, and now we've had what? Would you have three of Lismore's six major floods? In five years, mm. you know, and um, they're the one in a hundred year floods, aren't they? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> three of them in five years. <laughs> yeah, Three, you know, <laughs> and, to laugh and it's at, like, really. well, it's nothing to laugh at. Mm. But I mean, you know, and, and we've had the flood inquiry, the New South Wales flood inquiry, tell us all this stuff. You know, can I, I just read a bit of it? Hey, is that sure. okay? Sure. There is clear evidence of the. Of the tropics expanding towards the poles, in addition to rain intensifying at daily and sub-daily scales. Observations show that the intensity of short-duration hourly extreme rainfall events has increased. As the climate warms, 
Heavy rainfall events are expected to continue to become more intense with consequent increased chances of flood flashing. There will also be coastal inundation and sea level rise. So, I mean, you know, that sort of stuff's being said all over the place. The IPPC, they'd all be saying that in, in Libya. You know, it's, all, it's happening all around the world and the, cli- the, the climate stuff is undeniable. Mm, mm, absolutely. I, I think the thing, you know, like I didn't get really annoyed about the, uh, the flood, you know. I just kind of started washing my LPs really, you know. And got on started, with the job. I just got on with the job. Yep. Just turned up and started stuff. And a, a whole lot of people came and helped us. It was like. You know, there was a lot of kindness and love, that, you know, from people who helped us. Thanks anybody out there who did. I think the thing that really bugged me uh, was when uh, Steve Krieg made his comments, you yep. know, that, uh, I mean, I, I just thought that was unbelievable that he, he came out and said um, that he doesn't think that climate change is... Uh, he accepts, accepts that climate change is happening, he said. But when – this is out of a, another little book. He, um, he, he, he does not accept that it's anthropogenic. <laughs> so he doesn't accept that it's got anything to do with human behaviour like pulling coal out of the ground and burning it or, yeah. or, or burning fuel in cars or gas or anything. That, that's – I don't – you know, yeah. and, and like – and I go – and but not only that, mm. not only does he not know that, mm. he then comes out and says – there are those who take positions on climate change to be re-elected, whereas I don't give a flying something or other about that, right? And, and so because one of the councillors put up the, the notion that we are likely he, – he wanted council to agree to this, that we are likely to experience further disasters of this nature as climate change continues to escalate – the majority, including the mayor, agreed the reference to climate change was political and struck it out. I mean, you know, that's like we we are still in Australia's most climate-affected city mm. and we've got a mayor who who can't even support us really with it, you know. Mm. And you never hear anything from them mm. about climate change or what's going on. I mean, there's been a lot of criticism of state, mm. you know, and the NRRC, mm. but I'll tell you what, Craig and his team, of, you know, um, m- most of whom are, are just completely silent on anything. Mm. But uh, Unless y- it's going to make them a buck. Well, look, you, don't, you don't hear anything from them. Mm. Only, it's only him and maybe Gordon, that's mm. about it, right? Mm. You know? But anyway. Well, on that, on that, you know, the issue of the climate emergency, like we, there has been a climate emergency declaration in, in Lismore at the, under the previous uh, council uh, okay. administration. Uh, and, of course, what was required for the climate emergency was then that they start actually acting like there's an emergency, don't they? Yeah. And the question that I like to ask of, of people in your position is if if you had been given advice from the local council saying that you should expect, you know, the worst flood in history to it, and to be worse than, the, you know, the, the, the next floods you should always prepare for them to be worse than yeah. the previous worst flood in history. You wouldn't have necessarily thought, oh, yeah, we were going to get an, you know, the same as 1974. If everybody well, in the street had been given that warning that it'll be worse than Well, that. you weren't, you know, like it was just a shock to get two and a half extra metres. Yeah. It you was know, I mean, it was, it was like, you know, I mean, I kind of figured, well, we might get to a 74. I mean, we'd only had two in 175 years or something, hadn't mm. we, you mm. know. Mm. Oh, since records, it was 18, 150 years. Um, so I thought, well, you know, it might go maybe at the most a half a metre higher. Well, that's still not going to come anywhere near coming inside my house, you mm, know. Mm. I mean... But this is why we need the authorities to actually start preemptively totally, acting on the climate to- emergency. Totally. Saying, we are warning you it's going to be worse yeah. than you expect. A- and we listen to the science, mm, mm. you know. I, was, I mean, hang on a minute though. I mean, like for Steve Craig does run two cafes, so I think he should be able to have an equal say with any climate scientist on what's actually going on with Oh, climate. look, sure. You know, I mean, I think like, I, he's like, it's like a taxi driver, you know, I, or, or your barber. I you, think you, so. You want to take once their you know, advice. Once you know how to make coffee, you should know everything about climate change. Yeah, so they just, sure. they just they, flow on together, whatever don't His they? opinion is it's equal to it, yeah, yeah, surely. <laughs> totally. <laughs> anyway, you know, so, <laughs> you 
you know, uh, and there's pl- you know, and I know, I know a lot of the climate change scientists, you know, they're, they're, they're saying how frustrated they are, you know, and there's a, a, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of anxiety that they spend because they're writing this stuff and doing all this stuff all the time and it's not really, I mean, it's going a little way mm-hmm. but it's not going anywhere far enough. So, you know... Um, you know, so that's yeah, that's that. It sounds like you're you're disappointed with both uh, with the with the Craig team. You, you've quoted the the climate change report, and you know clearly the new at the New South Wales level we've got that information available, but the local yeah. council hasn't uh, hasn't acted on it, hasn't warned its community, hasn't supported them. What about the NRRC and the uh, New South Wales uh, Recovery Authority? Yeah, um, the, how have they been? Well. I mean, I think there's a lot of really good intention there, mm. you know. Um, I mean, a lot of people are far more angrier than, than I am about them. But, I mean, the first thing they didn't do, they didn't listen to us. Mm. They've never actually still, I don't think, they're listening to us, you know. I mean, I remember before the um, before they came, there were a lot of people talking about, you know, we want to relocate our homes and we saw signs up and we saw what Harper was doing and, mm. you know. So there was this vision of we can have, um, you know, we can have something go on in this town. And a lot of people clearly realised that, you know, those of us in the flooded areas weren't safe anymore. You know, I mean, we did have six die, didn't we? Was it mm. six or mm. four? Six or seven, uh, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And... Um, you know, and they didn't. They didn't listen. They just. They, and and I know that what they did was, they just got their plan from Sydney, and they came up here and said, "Here's what you get." Mm. There was never a thing of going, "Well, here's what we'd like to propose," mm. and what do you think of it? You know, or even put something in the letterbox and say, "If you've got an idea, we'd like to hear it." You know, I mean, we didn't need a sort of a half a million dollars spent on a on a, a massive team doing a big consultation, we could have just done something fairly simple. Mm. And, and, I mean, a lot of us would have just said, well, w- we want you to relocate our houses, mm. you know. Mm. And a lot of us still want our houses relocated, you yep. know. Yep. And um, and they should have added home relocations to their Resilient Homes program al- alongside the the the, uh, the retrofit, the house raise and the buyback. They should have also put that in. Mm. But but they haven't, they haven't, you know. at all, have they? No, they, they haven't. totally dropped the ball on it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and now, and, and, now and, they're and, talking and now, and now we've only got this, what was 100 million, wasn't it? Mm. Mm, yeah. And that must be embarrassing Janelle a bit. <laughs> yeah. Because it was 800 million before and now this year it's 100. It's going you know. backwards. Yeah. yeah. And and really what we need to do is move on from this idea that we have one-off funding, mm. you know, like we got 800 last year, we got 100 this year and stuff because what we know is that we're the thin edge of the wedge. This is this is the first biggie that's happened in Australia like this mm. from a, that's a climate change flood, right? We are going to get climate change floods, we're going to get climate change fires, for hundreds of years, mm. you know, mm. and they're going to get worse. We know, I think they're talking about 1.5 degrees early 30s. Yep. You know. Well, we're already having, you know, the extreme weather and we're already having the catastrophic levels of fire and we're going to talk to uh, Joe Dodds from the uh, Bushfire Survivors for Climate Action next in the show, actually. Oh, right. Eh? Exactly that from the South Coast perspective. So, yeah, we are getting all of those, those effects you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, so we've got to adapt. We've got to do ad- adaptation plans for that. We've got to actually go. You know, we can't just go. Oh, that's all mm. shit, right? We've mm. got to actually go. No, we've got to do something about that. We, mm. we need to move people to higher ground. We need to move houses to higher ground, and and you know, it's going to cost a lot of money. Mm. But it's going to cost. But it's not. You know, like because it's a global thing, everybody's going to pay. Mm. Or you know, all all. all particularly the wealthy, uh, wealthier f- 
you know, first world countries, we're all going to be paying for, for this sort of stuff. So let's just get on with it. And yeah, pay it's, it. I mean, it's, it's, you know? it's, it's a condition of the world that we live in. Yeah. Um, we, we pay for all sorts of things to be done, building yeah. of roads and ports and other kinds yeah. of infrastructure. This is in exactly the same exactly category. Exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. But we just need to move to higher ground. And, um, and I think that the thing is, the earlier we do it, the cheaper it'll be, mm. Mm. you know, because floods are dear. I mean, you look how much stuff had to come here, how much stuff had to go to tips and mm. it went on and on and on. The more, the quicker we move out, the better off we'll be. And so it, if we face up to that, but, but the first thing we have to face up to is it's actually a climate change problem. Mm. And there's not enough going, like it's still a bit of bad luck, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> that, that flood. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> and, and it'll never happen again. It, well, it'll, it might happen again, but it won't be that bad. Mm. You know, this was a one in 1,000 or 10,000 or whatever. I don't know what it was. Mm. Not there, mm. So, so um, they haven't been listening and uh, relocating homes hasn't been going ahead, uh, you know, and there's a whole yeah. heap of things that could have and should have been done that they've failed to seize the nettle on. What is the long-term plan from your perspective? After doing all this research that you've been doing and trying to work out the, the you know, planning approaches and policy uh, prescriptions, what should that plan look like? Well, you know, the plan should look like that we get a whole lot of houses out of here, hmm. you know, and we go to higher ground. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, we know, we know, I mean... Hang the, on a minute, the, that, sounds, that sounds remarkably simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, to make a decision to do that, yeah. but to actually, actually pull it off. Actually doing it so simple. Yeah, 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 but... I mean, it starts with a decision, doesn't it? That's you know, right. and starts with a, an understanding of what the problem is that we've got. That's mm. that's where you start, um, and um, you know, we know we know, for example, that it's quite likely that we'll have a two point five meter sea level rise by twenty one hundred. Mm. Right. I mean, for us uh, down the river from the Richmond. Um, I don't know where that's going to end up, but I mean, it's going to be more water in the river. Mm -hmm. So we get another 2022 type flood come down the river. There's another two and a half metres sitting for us at the mouth of the Richmond, right? right. And so that's going to raise the, the level of water across the floodplain as well, of course, as, um, you know, what was the town of, what was the city of Ballina, because mm -hmm. that's only... Ballon is only 1.5 metres, you know, mm. high. So it's going to go over. So, so you know, it's that whole thing of that ongoing funding stuff mm. um, so that Ballina can move too because it's not going to just be Ballina. It's going to be a whole lot of towns and cities all over the place. Mm. And, and if we do that adaption, we'll have advantage, you know. I mean, that's the thing about a wealthy country. You can turn a disaster into an advantage. Yeah, never let a good disaster go, no. to, go to waste. No, yeah. whereas we know that like, you know, Pacific Islands or, mm. or you know, countries that aren't as wealthy as us that don't have the backing of government and don't have the wealth won't be able to. It'll just be you're on your own, mm. you know. So, so the long-term plan getting houses off the floodplain. And if we get the houses off the floodplain, we can reclaim the floodplain, mm. you know. And we need to start to slow down the water mm. a lot, you know. And it's not just about water slowing it down so that it doesn't belt into Lismore at, at a massive amount. It's a, it's a matter of slowing it down so that it can soak further into the ground you know, go into the aquifers and the lower, you know, when we do get higher uh, levels of, of water and, and, and reducing the hard ground that it flows over and all that, all that sort of stuff. So there's a whole vast amount of knowledge just about how do you slow down flood water, mm. you know, mm. and, um, you know, we need, and yeah. I mean, like I said, the longer we wait, the more it's going to cost us. So yeah. we, we better face up to the reality. And the know? sooner we start, the the quicker the, uh, the the results will start to pay off. So yeah, it's 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 all it's all really yeah. needs to be done in a rush, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Well, not, not in a panic, I don't I don't think it needs to be done in a rush, but it needs to be done in a well planned yeah. thing. Urgently. You know, it, yeah. Well, the plan needs to start urgently. Mm. You know, mm. and and we the people need to be involved in that. Mm. You know, we we don't want just a few bureaucrats in Sydney deciding what goes on here. They need to 
involve us. And, I, and I, you know, like I've been around for a while and, you know, in, had work in housing and environment and stuff like that. Yep. And the, the, the degree that government now um, negotiates with the grassroots members is way less than it used to be. Right. We used to be better at it. We were never brilliant at it. No. <laughs> In fact, we're probably never good at it. <laughs> but but now we're like, I don't think we, you know, our governments actually even know where to start with it. Right. You know, so, yeah, anyway. Well, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a bit of a horror show by the sounds of it and you're, you're proposing some well, simple changes that, 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 that have fallen on deaf ears up to this point. What do you think people need to do to, like you say, get behind this? Well, the first thing, you know, that I'm, you know, you're saying it's a horror show. Um, it could be a horror show, but, it, but it's also an opportunity, mm. you know. I mean, we, we are the first area in Australia to be able to, to have got hit with this, right? Mm. So that provides opportunities to do the planning and all the other stuff and the rebuilding and the removing of houses and, and all of that stuff. Mm. We've got an opportunity to do that really well and lead this country in that process. And in some ways you, you could go, what better place could you do that mm. than the Northern Rivers? Mm. Because we've got, amongst our conservatives, we've got a whole pile of progressives and we've got a university here and we've got the capacity mm. to be able to do that well. Yep. If, you know. if not here, then where? And if not now, then when? You know? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I asked you a question, but uh, nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, how can people help? How can, this is the question that I'm, I'm trying to get to because we need to wrap this up. So I always like to close off with something that the listeners well, can think, actually do to help. I think, you know, get, in, get involved you know, in something. Um, educate yourself. You know, that's the start. To, that's that's how all social movements start. You know, they go, people get together and they they educate themselves. And then when they educate themselves, they become, they can influence leaders and those in political and economic. You know, so yeah, you know, I think I think that's that's a really start. Get involved and do stuff. Mm. Mm. <laughs> get involved and do stuff. Yeah. Said. <laughs> you have a, a pithy way about you, Trevor. We'll have to get pithy you on way. more often. We'll have to get you on more often, mate. <laughs> Cutting through the BS. <laughs> and do the pithy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Look, I'm going to have to – we're going to have to wrap it because right. we have got a limited amount of time and more guests to come on the show. And oh, um, But, look, thank you for uh, for bringing that to us. You've got, been doing some really serious research and getting some, some – to the bottom of some important issues there. Is there anything that we've missed that you want to quickly touch on before we uh, we, we, we oh, call it? Oh, God, now I'm under pressure. <laughs> no, no. Well, did you have I've a request? No... Did you have a song request? Oh, yeah, I did. What would you Where like? is it? What would you like? Beds are burning, thanks. Okay, we're going to play Beds are Burning for Trevor Ackfield and he's been uh, talking us through the, uh, the Green as a Greens member, part of the policy group developing uh, flood and housing responses for Lismore. So thanks. And the Northern Rivers. And the Northern Rivers. Thanks very much, Trevor, for being And we'll play uh, Midnight Oil. Beds are burning. Very appropriate. Wow.
Closer.
this is James Rain. You're listening to 92.9 River FM. Hello, I'm Joy and my program is Community Matters, Wednesdays at 10am. I like to be across the good, the bad and the ugly in Australian politics, social issues and environmental problems. I am politically incorrect and definitely two steps left of centre. So if you're interested in what's happening in Australia and on the world stage, as reported by independent journalists and organisations, with music from the last century, such as the 80s and the 90s, etc., join me on Community Matters, Wednesday from 10am to 12pm on River FM. Lend me your ears Fridays at 12 noon as I play music across the decades and across the genres. There'll be some surprises and some classics. Connecting the generations with Shay, bringing the good vibes into your Fridays. 12 till 2 on 92.9 River FM. River FM.